Welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of the Real Estate Investing Podcast with me, Hunter Ambos. Uh, if you're new here, this show is me just kind of sharing what I know about real estate investing. Um, we kind of started off this podcast with the basics and are kind of working our way up from there. It's not supposed to be a sequential thing, but in the infant stages that it's in, um, it kind of is like that. Uh, in the future, I definitely want to do uh, interviews and have a mix of interviews and then just me talking on my own, like what this is going to be. Um, and obviously that's going to create a diversity of, of content. It will have different uh, people on from different um, kind of genres of the real estate space. My preferred or my investment strategy I'm focused on right now and my main kind of pillar for my business going forward is going to be apartment syndication. Uh, so raising money from uh, investors, pulling that together, buying um, larger properties than any of us individually be able to buy, but together we could take down larger deals and reap the rewards that those deals have to offer. Um, and I talk about that a lot in the first episode. So if you want to know why I've chosen this, who is this guy, that's a good place to start. Um, but yeah, I live in, if you're listening to this in the future, you're probably don't know me personally, but if you're listening to this now, you probably know me personally, <laughs> but that's just the truth. I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm also a real estate agent here, so if I can provide you any value with those services as well, I'll give you the classic, uh, if you know anybody that needs to buy or sell real estate, let me know. It's so cheesy, but let's be honest here, like there's really no, I mean, what other way is there to say that? You know, it just kind of gets to the point. It's cheesy, and I just kind of leaned into the cheesiness and kind of used it as a joke, but also a shameless plug at the same time. Uh, and today... We're going to talk about, because uh, like I said, with the apartments, and then I say that, like, it's the main pillar, and it'll be the main thing, but I'll also buy some apartments, once I have that kind of built out, do some apartments on my own, or do some smaller, um, maybe do some flips things, flips and things on the side, get into other type of commercial spaces. I like self-storage a lot, too, um, and so I don't want to put myself in a box, but at the same time, at this point in my life, just kind of getting started, to be honest with you, I don't want to be focused on many different things at once. I'd rather just pick one and go all in. Again, I talked about why it's my favorite in the very first episode, and just go from there, and then allow, then build out from there. Kind of like a, a tree. You know, you got to start out at the bottom. This is a terrible analogy. It's not that bad. You start out with the trunk, and then you branch out at the top. You don't, it's not like the other way, you know, so you don't have Man, this is getting real bad real fast. But you know what I'm trying to say. You don't have all the branches coming out the bottom. They're up towards the top a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's the visual thing I'm going for. Okay, um, But what I want to talk about today, and when I take this with a grain of salt, to be honest with you, because there's different... Um, obviously, this isn't an absolute these, these aren't things that you have to do. I mean, some of them are very important to do or kind of non-negotiable if you want to be and is involved passively in a deal like this. Um, and what I'm talking about, by the way, I should probably just get to it, is what to look for. And I kind of things, not to what, what to look for, but what to do on the front end and where to kind of start when you realize, okay, I want to invest passively in a, whether it's multifamily, self-storage, what have you. Uh, but I want to invest passively in one of these deals what should I, there's a term that I'm, or a phrase that I want to use, but it's just escaped my mind. But like, what are some prereq prerequisites? 
you know, how should I move forward? And so I want to kind of tell you some things to do to kind of evaluate where am I at? Where do I want to go? And how do I get there? Right? So the first one, if it isn't obvious, is kind of look at your financial picture. That's a big thing. If you have $10 million sitting in the bank, ready to be deployed, the types of deals you're looking at are probably going to be very different than if you have like 20, 25,000. And so the first thing to look at is obviously, and these are in no particular order. And what I started to say earlier before I got sidetracked uh, is that this isn't going to be the same for everybody. Again, like I said, some of these things are going to be very important to do. <laughs> like the first one where I talk about accredited versus not accredited, it's kind of important to know. Uh, but then other ones, you know, I'm speaking on this from a pretty conservative perspective. Um, I definitely lean more towards the, I'm a very conservative person. I'm trying to branch out from that because sometimes I do suffer from analysis paralysis and this podcast is kind of a exercise in fighting that. Uh, so you may see like this podcast, the title changes or the type of content may change. Not a whole lot. I mean, I'm kind of, it's just a podcast. We talk about real estate investing, but like the name may change the format. Um, I may end up doing longer episodes or just a bunch of little short episodes. It's going to change because I started this because I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I knew what I wanted to do it about, but I didn't really have all the fine details ironed out. And to be honest with you, they're never going to get ironed out unless you start and you get moving. And I've realized some things that I like or don't like about this show as I do it, even though I've only been doing it for a couple months now, uh, which is actually a pretty long time, but it has gone by so fast. And so I just started it. I didn't allow myself to get that analysis paralysis and think about it. And then now years gone by and haven't started it. I didn't want that. And so I just started it. So I am breaking out of that kind of shell, but I, I do want to let that be known. Some of these things you may think, oh, that's a little ridiculous. You know, it is what it is. This is what I think. This is my perspective. If you're willing to just I mean, obviously, I can advise. Obviously, common sense exists, but you know, just kind of do what you want. But I also feel that as long as you're, I mean, do whatever you want. Is, I mean, you can do whatever. Obviously, there's a, you know, right and wrong way to do things, but you know, safe for I shouldn't say right and wrong. It's just kind of safe way to do things. It's all about how much risk you're willing to take, and so keep that in mind. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm a pretty conservative person, and so I like to know my options before I get started into something almost to a fault. And so that's where I'm coming from. But I, I don't think this is going to end up being like a, you know, maybe you should do this. Maybe I think a lot of this is kind of things you should do before you start investing in deals like this. Um, but I just don't, you know, there's people who have been successful with just taking like 10% of the money that they're willing to invest kind of taking a little bit more more calculated risk, but taking more risk and investing it with somebody just to kind of learn the ins and outs of it, learn how it goes, see the benefits from it, see the drawbacks, see if they um, you know, enjoy investing in these types of asset types and um, in these types of asset types. That's an incredible way to say that. But just see if this is for them. And that's how some people do it. Some people like to look at it on a spreadsheet and see if this is for them. So that's what I mean. But without further ado, the first one. Are you accredited or not accredited? This is going to be a big deal. Now, I feel like a lot of people, if you're an accredited investor, you know you're accredited. Um, but for those of you who don't know the definition of this, and it is, they are almost constantly 
proposing ways to change it because the idea behind this is to protect people who are non-accredited from being from having the the wool pull over their eyes um, and being victims of a scam uh, because of some smooth talking snake oil salesman who's selling them this fancy financial thing you could do this this and this and the next thing you know they're out hundred thousand dollars you know and so it's to protect people it's a consumer protection thing that they have this accredited versus non-accredited designation in the age of the internet i don't know if the definition of accredited investor by the way is you make two hundred thousand dollars a year or three hundred thousand dollars a year if you're married filing joint or you have a million dollars net worth uh, excluding your primary residence they think that if you are somebody who is of this financial caliber that you know what you're doing with your money and you are savvy enough to know what you're doing. You know, I'm not here to say whether that's a right or wrong way to do things. They are trying to do something, and I don't know if this was, I don't think this was passed yet. And I tried to do research, but I couldn't find a definite answer anywhere. I found a bunch of older articles, but nothing saying this has been passed. That was pretty recent. They're trying to pass something saying if you have a Series 7 license, which makes sense. I mean, if you have these licenses that, for instance, like financial planners have to have, then you're obviously pretty savvy, even if you don't have a million dollars net worth, right? You may have 750 and make 125 grand a year and be pretty smart with your money. Or you may make half a million dollar a year, half a million dollars a year, and, English is hard, and have no clue what's going on and just have it be inherited or however else people make money and so that is the idea behind it that's the definition so if you are an accredited investor you have different deals available to you than if you're not accredited if you're not accredited your options um are kind of limited but there's still a when i say they're limited there's still so much available to you that i don't think it's really going to end up being a huge deal um but if you are an accredited investor, you are able to invest in um, other deals that non-accredited individuals may not be able to. Um, and so that's the idea there is obviously just find out which one of those you are uh, and then go from there and see what options are available to you. And the next is to, especially in a deal like this, not in a deal like this, but in deals like syndicating apartments or I'm not sure too sure about self-storage world, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of set up the same way. Most of these deals are very illiquid. I've heard of some where they'll have a, and all, this is all a kind of deal by deal, offering by offering basis. Things may change based on who you're investing with, the property that they're buying, that specific deal that they're doing. And so it is subject to change, but for the most part, these deals are very illiquid. I mean, you may have some, I heard of one where they would every two years give the investors an option to be bought out and that seemed pretty pretty good from a liquidity standpoint and so but most of these deals like you're kind of locked in for the ride which tends to be five ten years or so and of course the idea behind a lot of these is to you know reinvest it at some point and get the investors as much of their initial capital back as possible that doesn't always happen um, but sometimes it does. And so I wouldn't, if it were me, I wouldn't depend on that. I would be, I would be putting money in that I don't expect to have fully, you know, returned to me in 
that I'm willing to not have access to until the deal goes full cycle. But they may be being too conservative, and that's where it comes into play, your personal preference. But I just feel that people should know that these deals are not, it's not like something like the stock market where you can just kind of press a button and they're, you're liquid again. It's a very, you know, and there are some deals where you could be bought out by somebody who is of equal financial standing on paper. And some of those deals are, some of these deals are like that. But again, you have to find somebody to buy you out. And that has a, that's probably a bigger process than just buying, you know what I'm saying? There's more paperwork involved in it than that. And it probably takes a little bit of time. So I would just keep that in mind when you're investing, right? If this is money that you may end up needing, again, keep that in mind. Um, I don't mean to talk you out of doing it. I just like to, especially if you're brand new, you're going to get a lot of the, because I, I do, there's a reason that I love these types of investments and that this is the thing that I've chosen to do as a career. Um, I don't know if careers are really the right word to use. I mean, this is like my business. This is what I do. There's a reason I've picked it as that because I, I love it. And I think it's amazing and I am passionate about teaching people about it because I do think it's a great opportunity. Not everybody knows, but at the same time, obviously risk to it like any investment right and i think that those aren't talked about enough so i want to talk about them here so i think the next thing that you should look for is different deals are going to provide returns in a different way there's probably a better way to say that but essentially some deals are going to be more appreciation place some of them are going to be more for cash flow then other ones are going to be kind of somewhere in the middle obviously somewhere in the middle is my favorite because Cash flow is very important. If you're going for purely appreciation and then the market takes a drastic downturn in that time frame, you're going to be in trouble. But if you can have some of that cash flow, that and obviously their cash flow is not immune to a downturn. But from what we've seen in the past, being able to have that cash flow and being in a good market with good fundamentals, you're going to be able to survive or have a much higher chance of surviving if you have cash flow and you're able to just live on the cash flow, use that to float you until you can get to the other side and the values go back up and then you can, can sell or do whatever you need to do. And so that's why I like going for somewhere in the middle because you get to hedge some of that risk using the cash flow. Obviously, if you buy it properly um, and do things, because again, cash flow isn't, but it is more, it's less susceptible to market conditions because people are always going to need somewhere to live. Sure, you may not be able to push rents or um, even charge as much of rent as you want to, but you're still probably going to have people there and hopefully you bought the property right so that even if you do have to take a little bit of hit in rent, you're good to go. That's kind of a d different topic that I don't really want to get into. I've talked about that a little bit in previous episodes, but kind of how to hedge your risk. And But you could also go for purely kind of cash flow plays. These are tend to be in lower end markets, kind of like your B minus C class stuff where they're not going to see a crazy jump in value unless there's you know a lot going on in that market, but you're going to cash flow pretty well, and um, yeah, you're, you're going to cash flow pretty well. Your distributions are going to be um, pretty good because you're also, but you're not getting that appreciation on the back end when you um, sell or refinance, what have you. So keep that in mind when you're looking at, you know, do I want Am I going to be reliant on those distributions? Do I want those distributions or do I want to put my money in now and then get a large chunk of money at the end? And obviously there's different tax advantages to doing 
um, a little bit more of a cash flow play. And so talk to your proper professionals when doing that. Because um, I'm not a tax a, a tax advisor. I almost said attorney. Um, not a tax professional at all. So uh, consult those people. But for informational purposes only, there's going to be some benefits to doing the, the cash flow play too. So uh, next is... Find out the type of asset that you want to invest in. Obviously, multifamily. Um, and even though you're not doing a day-to-day -day management, this does still kind of matter because different assets are going to have different levels of risk, different levels of reward, obviously, with that. And it's all, you know, what do you... Where, where do you want to put your money? Where do you see is going to be kind of the greatest use of your capital you know if you think that um, self-storage is going to be huge you may want to get into that if you think multifamily is the you know in my opinion going to be here for the long run and eventually you know we can only kind of build up and people are you know cities like new york people live in little shoe boxes and as population kind of grows that's where we're gonna end up and you can and especially not so much that as it is home ownership is starting to change. You know, like 50 years ago, buying a home was the big deal. Maybe 50, 60 years ago. Buying a home was a big deal. That was the goal was to buy a home. And now it's kind of changed a little bit. We see that in the numbers and um, different trends of especially younger people. And they like to move around a little bit more. They don't want to deal with the headaches of, um, you know, maintaining property they see the value in kind of communal living and so it's kind of where we're headed so you may like apartments and you just kind of have to look at that when you're or you may just be something like i don't really care about investing in just you should care but you know you that matters less than you know what's the return look like is it a good investment i could care less if it's self-storage or multifamily as long as i'm getting the returns that i like to see and the risk level is what I like to have. So there's also those people as well. But some people are very, you know, a little bit more, I want to be able to drive by it and see it and know that I own a little bit of that. Or maybe have a, you know, there's personal reasons for maybe investing in a certain asset class. And so there's also some of those things to think about as well. Do with that information what you wish. Um, for me personally, I just say that because like I constantly care less. Like I don't have an emotional real attachment to it. It's just kind of a, here's the numbers of it. Here's what it does. There you go. But other people are a little bit more sentimental and a little more emotional. And so teach their own. And I think that's really much it. I mean, look at the, figure out what benefit, what are the benefits your, what are you trying to gain from investing in it? And what is your risk, risk tolerance what is your long-term plan, like your financial plan? Do you want to, um, you know, use the distributions to, um, you know, kind of live on that? I mean, you have to invest a lot to live on it, but would you? Is that what you're trying to do, or are you just going for long-term appreciation? You know, what is your goals? Where do you? Are you trying to just retire and just put all your money into real estate? Like I said, kind of live on it, or do you want to? use that as your kind of risky investment. Maybe you've had a, you've got stock holdings that are pretty safe and you're trying to, um, you know, invest in more short-term holds, 
that are going to have higher reward, a little more risk, and you just want to do those as sort of your, or as, as sort of a more high risk, high reward investment. It all depends on what you want to do. So I hope that provides some clarity. If it doesn't, if you're like, I have more questions than answers now, sorry, first off, and but feel free to reach out to me. I think the best way to contact me is through Instagram at Hunter Ambos as it's spelled in the show. Um, but other than that, I appreciate you guys listening and I'll catch you guys in the next one.